Matthew 10, 5 through 16. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is, des is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If, any, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. I tell you the truth, it will, be, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Thus ends our reading of God's unchanging word. May all who hear it understand the calling that God has placed upon them. If you remember, at the end of chapter 9, we saw Jesus, as he, as he looked upon the crowds and, and all the people that were following him, and it said that he had compassion on them because the people of Israel were, were a people that were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He then told his disciples that, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, and that they should ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. But his challenge was for, was for more than just praying, for as soon as he said this, he then appointed 12 of them to be his apostles. They were going to be his messengers to go to these people to hear his, uh, to proclaim his message. And he gave gifts to these men as well. He granted them kingdom authority, authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and, and every sickness. Jesus was preparing these men to be sent out as laborers in the harvest field. But before he sent them out, he gave them instruction as well. As we look at chapter 10, it's really the second major discourse in Matthew's gospel where the Sermon on the Mount was about kingdom living, what we find here is about kingdom calling. Christ had commissioned these men to be his emissaries. And so he gave them both instruction and warning. Today we're going to mainly look at the instruction. And there are really five points regarding the, the, the calling that Jesus has, has communicated to these men. In verses 5 through 6, we find that Jesus had called these men to go to a specific people. In verses 7 and 8, he calls them to go on his mission. Then in verses 9 through 10, he calls them to go in faith. And then verses 12 through 15, he calls them to go in his authority. And finally, in verse 16, we see that, that Jesus calls these men to go both in wisdom and in courage. 
Let's look at the first point, this calling to go to a specific people. Look at verses 5 and 6. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And so there are two things to, to notice here, and they're, they're pretty obvious. The first, there was a certain people that they were to avoid. And the second, there was another set of people that they were to go to. The, the, the task at hand was for the Israelites only and not for the Gentiles or the Samaritans. Now, why would that be? Well, there, there may have been a number of reasons why Jesus gave this instruction to his disciples. Here are a few of the possible reasons why. One, the, the, these Gentiles and Samaritans, they may not have been ready to receive this good news. The Jews had John the Baptist who had prepared the way for Jesus. But those outside the community had nothing to prepare them. A second reason may have been that, 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 that the twelve were not ready. Uh, a mission to the Gentile world would, would pose a, a different set of challenges in, than a mission to the Israelites. It may have been that these apostles were not prepared. But the, final, but the final and most likely possibility was that there is a God-ordained order to his kingdom. God has chosen to work through the Jews first before going to the Gentiles. And when we look at salvation history, this is exactly what we see. God works his way through Israel before expanding outward into the Gentile nations. And this is the, the example that Paul, uh, the, the, the apostle to the Gentiles, followed himself. Look at, look at Romans 1, verse 16. It says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentiles. And this is exactly what we saw Paul doing uh, in the book of Acts. When he would enter into a city, he would always go to the synagogue first before he would go to the marketplace. Basically, what we, what we see going on here is that, that Jesus was sending these men to a specific people, a people that they could relate to, a people whom God had already prepared. In a similar way, God, God has placed you among a certain people. If, if I asked you today to go into, in, into North Korea and to share the gospel, uh, that'd be foolishness, would it not? I mean, for one, you, you don't know the language, you don't know the culture, and you, you definitely haven't been trained how to infiltrate a communist state, a state like North Korea. No. God has planted you in Allegan, Michigan, a place where you need no training because you, all, you are already one of the people. There are people all around you who, who, who need to hear the message of Jesus, and God is calling you to go to them. Let me ask you, who, who is it that, that God has put in your life that needs to hear this message? Think about that. For God is sending you to them. Now, this doesn't mean that, we, that none of us should ever leave our town or our state or our country. We know that eventually many of Jesus' disciples would go out into the world as missionaries. 
But there is a timing for everything, and there is a season of training. And part of the, the preparation for these 12 men was to go to the lost sheep of Israel. Now the other thing to notice here is that even though these disciples of Jesus were going into familiar territory, it was not so familiar that they, that they knew everyone to whom they were going to preach. Today there is this notion that in order to evangelize, you need to build a friendship first. That's not what these disciples were doing, and that's not the biblical model. When the Apostle Paul, when he went into those cities to spread the gospel, he knew no one. And yet he was preaching this message from day one. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not against building friendships, and I think we should do that. And if you're able to do it, do it. But, but a stranger needs to hear the gospel just as much as a friend. The point is this, is that you need to go to whom you are called. And at, and at, the, and at that time, the, the, these 12 men, for these 12 men, that meant going to the lost sheep of Israel. And for you, that means going to the lost sheep of Allegan. But go and, and do what? What is this mission that Jesus was sending them on? Look at verses 7 and 8. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. The, the message that Christ gave to these men was the same message that we have been hearing throughout this gospel. The kingdom of heaven is near. This is what John the Baptist taught. This is what Jesus taught. And it's now what these men would be teaching to those around them. It was a message of repentance and faith. It is a proclamation that, that God's kingdom is here because God's king has arrived. And as evidence that this message was true, Jesus had gifted these men with kingdom authority. They could heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the leper and cast out demons. In other words, this, this, this king had granted his, his emissaries, his ambassadors, with kingly gifts. They were given a message and they were given the evidence demonstrating the validity of that message. And what they had received freely, they should freely give away. The same is true today. You have been given the same message, this message of the kingdom, a message that the king has arrived and has taken upon himself the sins of the world as he died upon that cross. And that he offers forgiveness to anyone who repents and trusts in him. And while you may not be able to heal the sick or to command demons, you can show the evidence that this kingdom has come by using the gifts that God has given to you as you love and you serve your neighbors. God wants you to give those gifts away. For when you do, it, it bolsters the message that you are proclaiming. But you have been given a little more than what these disciples were given. For what you have is the finished word of God. And this finished word, it points people to that ultimate sign, indicating that the kingdom has come. And that sign 
is the resurrection of our Lord. Ultimately, when we share this good news with people, everything hinges upon the resurrection. Do they believe that Christ rose from the dead, or don't they? So, you have, you have been given the message of salvation, and you have been given gifts from God as evidence to an unbelieving world. And my challenge to you this day is, will you go? Will you proclaim that message to the lost sheep of Allegan? But going can be daunting, am I right? For there's that, that element of the unknown. For it calls you to trust in God. It calls you to go in faith. Look at verses 9 through 11. Do not take, any, take along any gold or silver or copper on your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. Jesus was, was sending these men out without anything. No money, no extra clothes. They were to rely on the kindness of strangers. Now this command may seem, seem like foolishness in our day, but in the first century, hospitality was actually one of the chief virtues among the Jews and the Gentiles. And it was not unheard of for a person to just show up in a town and, and find a meal and a warm bed from, from some thoughtful resident. After all, there, there weren't really hotels back then or, or inns unless you were in like a major city such as Jerusalem. And so when Jesus sent these men out, they, 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 were, they were not only to rely on the kindness of others, but ultimately they needed to trust in God that, that he would look out for him out for them. It doesn't take a lot for the gospel to go out. You don't need a lot of money. You don't need a lot of stuff. All you need is faith to take that first step. Today, unless you're a missionary, you have less to worry about. I mean, we're not traveling from town to town with just a shirt on our backs, hoping that someone will take us in. But, but you are called to go out. You're called to go to your friends, to your neighbors, to your family members, to strangers, and to share this good news. And yet even that tends to be scary for us. For, for we are inclined to worry. We worry about what people will think of us. We worry about our relationships. We worry about our, our own reputations. And so instead of going in faith, we, we tend to recoil in fear. God is calling you to be brave. He's calling you to trust that, that, that He is with you as you go. And that the only validation that you need comes from Him and Him alone. But not only did Jesus send these men out in faith, but He sent them in His authority. Look at verses 12 through 15. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. 
So what is going on here? What is this, all this about greetings and peace and shaking dust off your feet? Seems kind of confusing, doesn't it? When we look at Luke's gospel, we, we learn what this typical greeting was to be. In Luke 10, verse 5, it says this, When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. This Hebrew word for peace was the word shalom. And it, it was not just a greeting that, that, that people, it's not like saying hi to someone, uh, but it acted also as a blessing. It's, may, may God give you his peace. The reason Jesus says this is, is for those who receive Jesus as followers, God would grant his peace upon that family, upon that town. For in receiving his messengers, what they were essentially doing was receiving the one who sent them. Would these disciples find receptive hearts? Would the, would the people whom they were preaching to receive the message of Christ? We don't know. But how one receives this message, is, it, it does not necessarily depend upon the messenger. Certainly there are times when, when, when a person can speak the truth, void of love and compassion. But typically, it is the message and not the messenger that gets rejected. And when that is the case, Jesus told his disciples to shake the dust from their feet as they were leaving the home or the town. You see, during Jesus' day, the common practice for, for a pious Jew who had just walked through Gentile territory would be to remove the dirt from his feet and from his clothing in an effort to, to just disassociate himself from, from the pollution and the corruption of a godless people in a godless land. Similarly, these, these disciples were to shake the dust from their feet. This was a symbolic gesture of condemnation. It was a way to communicate that, that this town was no safer from God's judgment than the pagan cities of the Gentiles. Essentially, a, a town that rejected this message was a town that rejected Jesus. It was a town that stood condemned. I mean, listen to Jesus' words here. I tell you the truth. It will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Ouch. I mean, why was this the case? Why would they be judged more harshly? It's because they, 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 they had the message of the kingdom and the evidence backing that message up. In essence, they had no excuse to, to reject this Messiah. What we see going on here is that, is that these disciples were taking on the role of an ambassador. Not only do they carry the king's message, but they declare his judgment as well. This is what we read about in our first scripture reading. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. We are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. 
For he says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Be sure of this. this. This message that we have been given is good news. But for those who refuse to listen, they remain under God's judgment. This is why as ambassadors we implore people. We, we urge them. The, the time is now. Salvation is here today. For there are dire consequences that will come upon all who reject the message of Christ. If you are sitting here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you, not, if you have not repented of your sins, if you have not put your trust in Him and Him alone, then I urge you, do so today. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And the only certainty that you can have is that Jesus died for your sins and that He rose from the dead, bringing victory to all who believe. Unfortunately, there will be some who will, who will stand before God without excuse. And God will tell them plainly, why, why didn't you listen when I sent my ambassador Susan to you? Why didn't you repent when my messenger Jim told you about my son? Why didn't you believe when, when Anne urged you to seek salvation? Listen, when you, when you bring the gospel to another person and they reject it, know this. It is not you who they are rejecting, but Jesus himself. Some will accept. Others are going to reject it. Ours is to be faithful with the message. And yet there will be a small but powerful few who will be a danger to you. Look at our last verse in Jesus' call for both wisdom and courage. Look at verse 16. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. You see, Jesus doesn't pretend that, that, that this mission that he's calling his disciples to carry out will, will not be dangerous. He, he is sending his sheep into, into territory where wolves are, are, are lurking about. And so his disciples are to be shrewd like snakes and innocent like doves. In our Bible study this morning, we, we talked about snakes. And snakes in, in the ancient world were thought to be clever creatures. They, they would use their cunning and their, and their wits to survive. Doves, on the other hand, were, they, they, they were innocent almost to a fault. They, they were too trusting and could be easily trapped because they, they really don't comprehend the danger that's around them. Hosea 7 verse 11 says this, Ephraim is like a dove, easily deceived and senseless. What Jesus is getting at here is a call for discernment. These men needed to be aware of, of the people that they were around and of the adversarial nature of some. There are those who will reject this message and just go on with their lives. But there will be some who will take such an offense that they will attack one way or another. And Jesus' disciples, they needed to be shrewd in the sense that they were to not pick fights. 
And yet, they were also to be innocent. And the fact that they, they, they just couldn't be silent, avoiding all conflict. In other words, what Jesus is saying to these men is, is don't go out there with the intention of riling things up. And yet, don't be so fearful that you never go. What is true back then is true today. I, I've seen many evangelists who are all dove and no snake. It's like they are purpose, purposefully trying to get themselves hurt. They, they are aggressive with their message, not, not knowing when to shake the dust off their feet. And they may be innocent of, uh, of people's blood, but they are foolish in their approach. But I would say that, that most Christians are the exact opposite. They, they are all snake and no dove. They are shrewd to the point that they never share the gospel. They don't want to offend anyone, and so they never open their mouths and thus remain guilty of the blood of those around them. Jesus is, is calling you as his church to be both snake and dove. You need to have both wisdom and courage, for you are like sheep among wolves. You are in the midst of danger. Yet even so, you, can't, you cannot neglect your calling as Christ's ambassadors. So go to the lost sheep of Allegan and preach his message, the message of the kingdom. And go in faith, trusting in him. And go in his authority, using his judgment. And go in both wisdom and in courage. Be tactful. Be brave. Let us pray. Father, we confess that we are, we are too weak within ourselves and that we cannot do this alone. Help us to trust that, that you are going before us as we seek to share this good news to, to those around us. Give us both the wisdom and the, and the courage to accomplish this task. And may your Holy Spirit ever be before us, preparing the hearts as we proclaim your message. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.